Relating to Self. A podcast that helps you create a better relationship with yourself. Hey, I'm Joachim. Welcome. Do you realize that there is only one relationship that you will always be in? The relationship with yourself. Improving that relationship changes everything. On this podcast, I share my thoughts and I invite real people to have vulnerable conversations about how they relate to themselves and what we can learn from that. In today's episode, I speak with Mary, who sees herself as a fluid system. Enjoy. Mary, welcome to the Relating to Self podcast. Hello, it is great, great to be here. Mm, yes, I'm very excited about our conversation. Um, so you went on quite a journey of your own when it comes to relating to self, mostly through your work and how you express yourself in the world. And that is by coaching people in transition. And basically you help these people to relate to themselves better and through that also relate to the world better. So I think that's a really interesting lens to look into your story from. Um, I also want to say that we randomly met on Twitter in, in the most serendipitous kind of way, <laughs> where That's I completely right. <laughs> yeah, misinterpreted a, a stuff, a, a, one of your tweets and like responded to it. And then we had a conversation and it was so beautiful. It was one of those, one of the rare moments that showed me that Twitter could be really meaningful for my life. So that was really interesting for me. My first question is traditional. It's just simply when you hear the words relating to self, what does that mean for you or what does that bring up? Mm -hmm. Well, before I answer the question, I, I, I wanted to add on to what you said about our, our meeting. Uh, it felt like the moment for me of also recognizing that the world is uh, full of people that I can connect with and speak with and people that I don't even know uh, exist. That our first conversation was was um, like we have met before, but we had similar friends or kind of friends of friends. Uh, and it felt really meaningful to have that kind of kind of connection. I think that that segues kind of in uh, on to the question that you asked on what does it mean to relate to self because relate is a is a big part of that it's like relationships how do i connect with um other people how do i build intimacy with with that um other person how do i um express how do i um build something create something uh the relating and, and relationships are so important in my life, I have a strong belief that um, we can't do anything alone. The The pinned tweet on my profile is uh, end goal to leave this world um, kind of enmeshed in a web of interconnected uh, relationships. And part of that web is my relationship to myself. Um, Relating to self for for me means having um, that connection to my own experience and knowing that it is real, just like other people's experiences. Um, I have uh, spent a lot of energy and time developing a relationship with myself and coming to like myself i have a practice um that i keep returning to i keep forgetting and keep returning to of like waking up or at different moments during the day being like i love you like touching myself and being like i love you you're you're like doing a good job and the feeling that i get from it is very very real um also my one of my love languages is physical touch and so i love surrounding myself with blankets and so kind of relating to self for me means working and knowing to spend time with myself to get to know uh 
myself. Yeah, it's a it's a practice. Relating to self also is a practice. Mm, I love that. And I fully agree. Just as I would say in general, love is a practice, right? Not just related mm. to self, but also <laughs> relating to others. Um, so many beautiful things in what you said. I'm curious about a lot of them, so I'm, I'm going to ask some questions, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, one of the things that struck me as really beautiful is this idea of your relationship to yourself being part of a larger web of relationships that you are creating and spinning also around you. And I'm curious how that translates into your thoughts on identity, basically, this idea of You know, we are separated from the world as an as a being and we mm -hmm. have these like separate identities whereas more recently i'm kind of questioning that i think identities in the way i perceive them for myself and the people around me are kind of there's this fluidity between the full self that is not connected and then the connections that we have and i feel the actually there's a beautiful quote of, I believe, Fernando Pessoa that I come back to often in my head. And let me see if I can, <laughs> I'm probably going to paraphrase, but it's something like, I don't exist. I'm, I'm beginning to know myself. I don't exist. I am the space between what I want to be and what others made of me. And I think this, this mm -hmm. space is really interesting for me right now. And so I'm curious if you are speaking of this your relationship with yourself as part of a web of relationships, does it feel related to that kind of space? I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. There is a, the idea also uh, for me of other people being mirrors of me and me being a mirror of their experience. And that also creates that, that space that we need each other to see ourselves better and that the that that the way that we relate to to ourselves the way that I relate to myself is a reflection of how I connect with other people oftentimes when I'm finding myself disconnected from myself it's harder for me to connect with with other people there's more irritation that comes up there it's harder for me to actually see the value of other people and um That's oftentimes an indication for me when I get annoyed by a message that comes in or there's so many people that want my attention. It's the moment that I see as a signal of like, oh, I actually need to return to myself. I need to spend time with myself. Um, I need to to connect back back to me. The, the question of identity and and who am I in relationship to to other people and also Is there a relationship? Um, is there a relationship that exists if I don't have if there's a relationship to myself exists if I don't have anybody around me? Like how, what, where are the the connections between there? Um, and there is a there's an idea that I often come come back to that I actually read in the book uh, Polysecure of of relationships are um, a, a dance between autonomy and connection, and it's kind of like um kind of riding on a horse and you have two reins in your hands and you have to gently navigate both autonomy and and connection you never kind of pull in one direction too much if you pull too much into the autonomy direction then you'll become isolated if you pull not too much into the connection then you'll get um kind of kind of squished squished together or or meshed together um but both autonomy and connection are needed and I can't actually connect with someone else if I don't have that steadiness in my own self. Hmm. I'm curious how that relates to mm. maybe what I would call mm -hmm. IFS or something that's related. You know, this idea that we have different parts that we relate to as well as the collection of all my relatings to all my different parts is also the relationship to myself. And so I'm kind of parsing what that dance between autonomy and connection means mm -hmm. within myself. And so would you say that you're also dancing between autonomy and connection with your parts? I have never thought 
of it precisely like that. Uh, that's an interesting, interesting perspective on it. Um, I actually found IFS kind of through my own uh, experience. There was um, after I quit my job, I spent two two months waking up on the east uh, coast of Canada in Halifax, in this beautiful home of a friend of mine who was who was hosting me at the time. And I would wake up every day kind of crying because I didn't know what I wanted to do in life, what was the right thing to do. And, and I remember different parts pulling at me. And then I had this image of um, if I that these parts are kind of knocking on my door and I'm trying to, to just like do something else. But if I let those parts in and invite them to tea, then I can learn so much more uh, from, from them and kind of have them sit and just, just ask them, what are you caring about? Um, and I wrote, and I spent some time, I wrote down 16 different uh, Marys on a, on a piece of paper, uh, FOMO, Mary, um, apathy, Mary, all of these different, uh, different aspects. So I guess that's a, that's, that's also been a way that I've been understanding myself is that there has been so many different, different parts, um, to dance with, but I see them more as like a collection of self and that they all, they all fit in somehow. And to me, there's definitely a, a reason for them being there. Um, I combine it with coherence uh, coaching or coherence therapy, where the idea is that that everything has a reason that it exists for. Even the the maladaptive techniques, there's like there's there's always a very good reason, according to our experiences, why why it exists, um, and that there is there's a need for compassion. Um, that's that's there. I'm not even entirely sure how I would think of autonomy and connection in in relationship to the part those parts because they just feel there. Um, I think there there are ways that I never wanted to get rid of any of the parts because they're there. They're there for a reason. What is there to find out from it? And that's how I think about emotions as well, like fear, jealousy, anger. It's like oh, there's something important that's there, even though it might be uncomfortable. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I've never thought about this before, right? It's just emerged from the conversation. And as I'm sitting with it now, I think that for me, at least, there is this way of being in connection, but also having autonomy from my parts, which means something like some of the parts just are very mm. early versions of me that were hurt in some way, you know, and sometimes their voice becomes louder because they're, they have an unmet need or something like that. And so I want to remain in connection with those parts and, like you say, invite them over for tea and, and just, you know, let them know that they are seen and loved and all, all those things. But at the same time, I think I'm, I want to keep my autonomy as kind of like what I would maybe frame as the higher mm, self mm -hmm. or, or the, the part of me that is like the consciousness and then in the now kind of like or the parent or, you know, something like that. I want to also have autonomy in the sense that I want to be able to make decisions about my life without necessarily following what those parts need, mm -hmm. you know, or what they needed in the past. So it's kind of like getting getting autonomy from the patterns, I guess, that exist mm -hmm. within my mm -hmm. parts. Yeah, I really, um, that's an interesting idea. And there's something there that uh, I have a sense of uh, how you describe autonomy to be different than how I think about autonomy. Um, because it kind of sounds like, um, how I'm, how I'm perceiving what you're saying is that it creates, um, I don't know, like a, a safety or kind of a, 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 a membrane that creates the, the, the way to be able to interact with, with the different parts and kind of like an adult and a child, uh, child aspect of it. Um, yeah, no, the connection, connection and connection here, how I'm hearing it is um kind of this like compassion and this and this being able to understand and autonomy is is this kind of uh I don't know, steadiness or grounding there's like a other i think of a tree of like a grounded tree and extending branches uh towards towards different parts yeah you're probably right also i notice there's a slight difference in maybe how we name our parts like because you are naming yeah. a lot of like marries and those seem like, you know, contemporary 
marries in the now. Whereas I think mm -hmm. of my parts very often as kind of more like the the previous versions of myself that that existed in a specific kind of context that I don't have anymore and that then became more permanent in my psyche or some kind. But I think I probably have both. I also have like the different versions of Joachim in the now with different desires and different needs. And it's true that I maybe relate to those differently than, for example, to my wounded child and, and those kind of parts. So that's that's interesting. I'm also really curious about another thing you said in the beginning, and that is this idea of building intimacy. Mm -hmm. I would be super interested to know what intimacy means for you and what it looks like to build intimacy with yourself. Those are great questions. It feels like intimacy for me feels rather than is a way to describe it so much in in words. Um, there's something about about warmth, light, um, kind of like togetherness, softness. Um, intimacy also for me kind of, for me means and opening um, into full authenticity. When I think about um, and and being intimate with uh, somebody else is um, the most intimacy I actually have felt with people with whom have seen parts of me that I don't like or I've been scared of them seeing uh, or that I've made a mistake. I'm an Enneagram one, a perfectionist. So the fear of being um, wrong or, or being um, misunderstood or not or misperceived is really strong uh, with me. And it feels like intimacy is built when those parts of me are seen by other people and other people still still love me. Um, in particular, is a I remember this this clearly most recent experience um where I um I was developing a new friendship and then uh, another friend of mine um had a phone call where we where we talked and we um talked about that person. We recorded that, that called us a practice that, that we've had. And we shared it with kind of the first friend that I had. And I forgot I spoke about them in that recording in a way that I probably wouldn't have spoken about them had I been speaking to them directly. I was like, oh no, I've, I've like did a bad thing. And, and they, they then sent me a message because we had a weekly call and they sent me a message being like, Hey, like you've talked a bit about me like that. And that's not how I see myself, but I want to develop this friendship with me because I spoke about them kind of not um, kind of having the emotional maturity, but not in a way that was, that was diminishing or kind of gossipy, but just reflective. And I remember being like seized by fear. I was like, oh no, I did such a bad thing. And, and I like talked about them behind their back or I don't know how they feel about, like, I know how they feel about it, but I did a bad thing. And, and I was first of all, so grateful for the gracefulness that they, that they had in, 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 in kind of being forthcoming and sharing that. And I also responded being like, I, I, this is not how I meant it. This is kind of the perspective that I have of you. And I appreciate you so much. But after that, it's like, oh, I actually have built intimacy with this, with this person, because we went through the experience of, of a possible break or like something breaking, we were able to mend it back together. And so intimacy, part of it is for me is also that um, seeing the parts of ourselves that we're not really proud of um, and working with ourselves through that. So that's the first part of the answer. I'm curious if you have anything to, to reflect back before I go into the how to build intimacy with oneself. <laughs> how do I build intimacy with myself? I think it's beautiful, yeah, and it resonates with me. The The one word that comes up for me that you didn't mention is vulnerability, and I think it's it's very much related to, to this idea of like showing yourself in the ways that you don't like yourself to others and then staying in connection, you know, mm -hmm. accepting that, having compassion. That's really beautiful. But please continue with your self-intimacy. <laughs> Well, part um, it translates out that 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 idea that that um, 
connection to my own parts that I'm ashamed of or that I think should be different and being with with those parts and in moments of failure and moments of things not not working out that's a, a way that I have built intimacy with myself um and ways that I've also um been able to work with overcome the ideas that I have of myself and breaking them and still still being in contact um the example particularly comes in around again quitting quitting my job I quit like a um a corporate job and I had no idea what I was going to do and and went through this entire process of like who am I I quit my second job in two years that's like there are things to be ashamed of from certain perspectives and yet here I am I'm going to hold myself through these challenges I also um see intimacy as kind of building trust with with myself um I have developed a relationship where my intuition when it's clear to me it's like I know that's that's the way to go and my intuition has led me into so many beautiful uh beautiful things um when I get one of them was was quitting my job um another one um, and kind of it's it's taking risks and even when it's scary to do so to 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 be able to to do that um another way I also build intimacy with myself it feels almost too simple it's just like spending time with myself and doing things that I actually like to do um I have um these days called nothing days there could they came from my uh from my mother actually um she's also an entrepreneur has her own business and and a couple of months into my own uh business I like sat down at the kitchen table and she was she was kind of drinking tea and she's like when are your nothing days I'm like I don't understand what do you mean nothing days? she's like days when you do absolutely nothing and I was like that's not possible I gotta do things she's like nope <laughs> when are the days when you have nothing no chores no intentions nothing and you can wake up with with and you can wake up and choose to do whatever you want um whether that's reading a book in your in bed and like enjoying the like hedonism of it or for me it's like taking a shower in the middle of the day I never take showers in the middle of the day so just like following that intuition and like deeply enjoying it and be like mm, I want I want that um and uh spending that time also means knowing myself and and getting a sense of what is it that's important uh to me on sometimes very um like physical level like i said my my love language is physical uh, touch and you'd think that usually you'd need to get get, get uh like connection with other people and you need to spend time with others um, and for me, that's like, I love fuzzy blankets. It's like, that's what I need. And that's the way that, that I know it's very comforting for me. It's to have beautiful textures around me and, and, uh, taking myself out on dates and being like, no, I would, we're doing this for me right now. And uh, sometimes I even talk myself in like, in a wee person, like, we're going to do this. We are, we are going on this date. We're going to get ourselves a delicious, delicious cup of coffee. Um, I uh, there's an interesting distinction we often say this in my family like we don't only love each other we actually really like each other as well (laughs) and I think there is an interesting uh, similarity to oneself it's like oh it's all that I love like I want self-love and everything else but like do you like yourself would you spend time with yourself if you like would you would you be friends with yourself (laughs) um and that goes and that goes into like how do you talk to yourself um I've spent a lot of time um, in my life being very careful about the language I use towards myself. Words are very, very powerful. Um, and that how I talk to my, I, if, if if the words that I use, I wouldn't use for my best friend, I'm not going to, to use them towards myself. Hmm. I'm just sitting here going like, yes, yes, fuck yes. This is all so beautiful. I love this so much. Yeah. 
Yes. Well, especially this idea of like the, the nothing days, right? I was like, ooh, that sounds a lot like my life right now. <laughs> that's, yep. that's awesome. I'm, I'm curious, do you plan your nothing days or do they just like emerge and you feel at the moment when you need them? Oh, I plan my nothing days. Mm. Like usually it's, <laughs> it's like a gold banner on my calendar, uh, particularly because, um, it's like a, it's, it's like a block. Um, so that calls don't get scheduled on top of it. Um, and they, I actually try to have them not on a weekend. So it's, it's like, it's not a weekend thing, but it's like actually carving out the time in, in my day. Um, and it's also very empowering because I need to say no to things that are asked of on that day. Um, so if a friend is like, let's have, let's have a, uh, a call or let's have a, let's, let's grab coffee. I need to choose myself over that thing and choose that commitment to myself. And that's another part of, of relationships and intimacy um, that is important to me. Some people might not have the same perspective on it, but like, if I make a commitment, like I am, I am, choosing to prioritize that person and, and and have integrity the word that i have but that also extends to myself a hundred percent i agree with you so much and and all of this is like there are also really bad days that i have where like i can't choose myself i like <laughs> i'm not very nice to myself i push myself too hard um so it all sounds sounds great and they're the ideal and i definitely do do that but there are times when it's just harder. And, and that, on those days, it's, it's, it's a reminder to just find the path back. It's not even like, oh, I'm not doing it right, but like find the path back. I found it so many times. So it's, it's, it's a practice of finding, finding our way back to my way back to myself through ways that nothing day or nothing afternoon, like having a cup of tea, slowing down, reading a book, all those kind of um, pathways. Yeah, it comes back to what you said in the beginning, right? Like relating to self as a practice. And I think as with all practices, sometimes we stray from the path for whatever reason. The important part is indeed to be compassionate that that will happen because we're human. And then to find our way back to the practice. Right? And I've found, I'm curious if that's true for you as well. I've found that the more compassionate I am with not upholding my practices, the easier it is to actually show up to them. I definitely agree. I have tried many, many tools and many strategies, and I see them as just that, they're tools. Like I, I think structure is so important because structure creates um, space for creativity within it. Um, I think of a, of a study that was done. I, I don't entirely uh, know if it's true, but um, there was a group of uh, people that were given a, um, like were asked to doodle something on an empty piece of paper and they were, and other people who were asked to doodle something when there was a line already through it and they needed to incorporate the line into it. And there was a panel of art judges who would judge the creativity of, of each of those. Uh, and the people that had the line through it then became, that were significantly more creative because there was a constraint to work with. And that's how I think about any kind of tools or practices that I have is like, how are they useful to me? And the moment they're not useful to me, just drop them. Or be like, this is going to be a resource for me later. Um, like I've been tracking my time for the past three months, I think. And I, before, before the holidays, and I opened it up today being like, it's a Monday, it's better start tracking again. I'm like, no, I don't think so. I think I'm okay. Um, it's what uh, what you said that that the more we're willing to not pressure ourselves, right? The more I'm willing to not pressure myself into um, an idea that I had of myself that might already be outdated. The more space it actually gives for me to become who I want to be and to see myself as a as a fluid um, and always evolving um, being or a system. That is so important. I think that's really underestimated. I don't hear people speak about this very often. I think for me growing up, for some reason, I picked up a cue from the world that 
they wanted me to be consistent. Right? Yep. So I was kind of, okay, I'm going to craft this identity unconsciously, of course, and then kind of like stick to that and hold on to those narratives of who I am so that I can show the world that I am consistent and not flaky mm -hmm. or anything like that. But what you just said, I think, is so important to have this fluidity of seeing yourself and reminding yourself that it's okay to change and what you need changes. There's all kinds of cycles that we have in our biology, in our psychology, in in our physical lives, right? And yeah, I really like that softness that you name of seeing yourself with fluidity. Earlier, you said something about holding space for the parts of yourself that you're ashamed of. So mm -hmm. I would love to know what what is it that you, that is difficult for you in your relationship with yourself? Yeah. Spicy question. I love it. The first thing that um, comes to mind for me is um, the degree to which I feel emotions. There is a story that I have that um, I think is very common that I'm too much, particularly in the field of of emotion and and expression um i think it that story was built um through kind of relationships that i've i've had as well um in my life and and i think that uh i think what that was is is we were just not well matched as a as a pair i think we both had a lot of emotions and not a lot of um ways to 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 share that with each other or with the world um also as a as a one um i oftentimes have an idea of what i think other people want me to be and i limit my expression based on my idea of what I think people want me to be, which is oftentimes not what they actually want me to be. Um, and part of, part of, I think a lot of my belief of what other people want is, is someone who is nice, who is, um, who is agreeable, who is kind of, I don't know, the same as them. And that means I haven't allowed myself to maybe even explore what is the expressions that I have uh, in in me. Um, I also, when I express, I express things very strongly. Uh, somebody once mentioned that I don't necessarily have strong preferences. I just have strongly expressed preferences. So I express them strongly, but it doesn't mean that they're not malleable or changeable, but because of the strength of their expression, it can often be confusing uh, for for others. And there have been times when I've regretted the em emotionality that I've shown because it has impacted um, other people in ways that I didn't want that to happen. So those are those are parts that are definitely um, ashamed of. And, and I feel like other ones are kind of are parts that I'm ashamed of that I'm not the thing that I think other people want me to be like <laughs> consistency. Um, maybe that niceness or, or um, already know the thing that I feel like I'm supposed to know, but nobody's actually expecting me uh, to know. So there's, there's kind of two layers uh, of, of parts. There were also um like experiences of jealousy in a relationship or kind of not being able to work with, with other people. Um, so yeah, I think, I think emotions are one of the biggest, biggest parts there. Yeah, I hear you. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm, I'm also curious if you have any particular practices or routines to help yourself manage these more difficult parts, 
like when you notice they arise, maybe you're triggered or whatever happens, do you have something that you do in the moment to kind of self-regulate or help yourself through that? Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that has helped me the most has been writing and journaling uh, about it. I once had uh, a journal that I exclusively used for moments of intense emotions, both up and down. Um, and it's helpful. It has been helpful for me to write things down to then be able to interact with it as a higher self. Once I write it down, there's a way that it 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 doesn't become that part of me and I often find I like start with like this is the worst thing ever Dave did this to me blah 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 and the next sentence is like "Mm, I think that might not be the entire story here and kind of like a conversation um with those parts I have also I like had actual conversations with different parts like to use two different types of like colored pens and then had like had a, a dialogue uh between between parts between myself and other parts um also allowing myself to cry. I I cry a lot. Um, there are there were times where I would hide the tears. There are still there are still people in my life that, um, particularly my family, um, that it was like, oh, so you're gonna go and cry? And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go and cry. That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna go and cry. Uh, and. Uh, that has been a meaningful kind of cathartic uh, experience. Me and my partner have a joke of like zero days since cry. That's okay. Just <laughs> it's a good day. It's a good day. Um, so having that become more of a playful uh, experience and emotions being a, a, a like a thing that just that like that happens and is a part of it. And it's it's for me emotions are kind of like the weather. They come and pass and and uh, they flow. But it's it's a it has been one of the biggest parts of how I relate to myself is re-understanding or kind of having different schemas or mental models of what emotions are and what emotions are uh, are to me. This past year, I even one of my goals for the year was to learn more about intense emotions. And I've like read things about highly sensitive uh, people and just like more of 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 um, of trying to learn more about it and more about myself um, and I found that the most helpful thing was just expressing myself and being surrounded by people that like support intense expression of all the things yes yes I think for me that was also one of my key moments in life when I understood that I was suddenly well not suddenly but I I noticed it suddenly that I was able to hold space for other people mm. going through intense emotions without wanting or needing to remove myself from that situation, which used to be the case, you know. I think a lot of people just are very afraid of emotions, including their own, but also from others. And so coming to the point where you can just look at someone and say like, oh, I see your anger, you know, it's there. And I understand why it's there, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to run away now because I can't stand seeing anger. And I think maybe something similar is happening within the relationship with oneself, where I am no longer running away from my own emotions either. And that for me was the key to then be able to be truthful about them to others as well. And I think that's something I notice a lot now in in my thinking is that a lot of the things that I thought were external were about others or about my relationship with others are actually just internal. It's all about like my stories, how I navigate it with myself, the things that come up within myself. And as I've improved that relationship with myself, the intensity of all those things greatly diminishes. Like it becomes so Mm -hmm. much easier also. And maybe that's, I haven't really thought this through, but I'm curious how you think about this of like, my emotions seem to be way less intense than they used to be. And a part of me is like almost judging that as if it's like, oh, you've just lost your sensitivity to the world. You know, you don't care it anymore to really like have big emotions. And mm-hmm. that, and I kind of know that that's not true. Like that's not what I think is happening. So I'm, I'm curious for you because you have these strong emotions. 
if your emotions would be smaller and, and would feel lighter, would you like that? Or would you kind of prefer to have the big emotions and work through them? That's a that's a very fun question. And and the first part is you're kind of reflecting, I was reminded of one of the first things uh, I saw one of the things one of the things I said earlier on about people being like mirrors. And that's what I meant when like all the external things are actually internal. And that the more we're able to see our our own experiences as being those reflections, the more we actually have capacity to to work with them. But the question of the intensity of emotions, um, I have gone through uh, through that experience where um, I my emotions feel like they are more within kind of boundaries of of uh, expression. But to me, when they when I was um, kind of not expressing enough, the negative ones would actually be like um, physically physiologically uh painful for me there were times where I would I, I would like cry so much I gave myself a headache or like I would like like um it, it would be a very intense uh and laborious like process of, of of processing those emotions in my in my body so I'm very grateful that I feel less <laughs> on that uh right now but it was also was an experience of like how do I build that pathway to myself to be able to be in 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 relationship with myself um i think there is a there is a very interesting perspective here on 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 what you were saying about oh you you feel like your emotions are are less than than they were or kind of kind of you feel like there's there's um you know, more equanimity rather than kind of these these spikes in in experience um and it makes me think of again, kind of like seeing ourselves as a fluid system. Like over time, there are different experiences and different um, ways that we we shift and holding on to an old pattern or like old way of of being that doesn't give opportunity to see what what are the what are the the value or what's important about about right now. Um, I will be really sad to to miss the the like intensity of emotions i think they're very much a part of of myself and there's actually grief that i've been kind of like bottling it up or kind of are kind of um boxing it in for the uh for so much of my of my life um with good reason again there was definitely a fantastic reason some belief that i had that i needed to do that in order to be safe in the world to be loved um, and all of those are also valid. So there's no part of me that I'm like angry at my at myself. It's it's um, knowing now what I know about how good it feels and how important it is actually for the for the world. There is like sadness for the older versions of myself for whose that 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 story was true. Um, I think there are ways that my emotions have actually evolved over time so it's not maybe that they lessened it's not a scale they got they got like more or less but they've kind of evolved to be more encompassing and to to be able to see the entirety of my of my uh experience mm -hmm. beautiful thank you yeah i was i was thinking also having less strong emotions and when i say less strong emotions i kind of mean mostly that they don't take over your behavior, right? It's like the difference between feeling angry, but then being able to say, hey, I notice I feel angry instead of starting to scream or something mm. like that. Mm -hmm. And what that has also allowed me to do or forced me to do even is to be way clearer about how I experience emotions. And a lot of the stuff that I kind of just glazed over in the past now I perceive as like, ooh, I notice some anger, but it's tiny, right? It's a small, it's a small bit of anger, and I used to not be able to even notice it or see it or honor it. Mm. And now <laughs> I have to because yeah. otherwise I would, I would say I would, I'm never angry because I never scream at people anymore, right? But that's not true, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it, it reminds me of like the development of of taste buds, like as a connoisseur to really feel the fine notes of um, of taste or, or when you are a sommelier, the wine, it's it's so subtle, but it creates actually such a such a beautiful palette of of experience. Um, I think I, as you were describing uh, emotions, like I would actually actually say that your life is far more richer in emotions. Maybe it's less heightened, but but richer um, in that way. And I definitely feel uh, that in my life as well. It it doesn't have the spikes, and therefore doesn't have have the um, like the muteness of it. It's like it's not either a super high or just nothing, but it's actually far more nuanced. Uh, and like wow, that 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 feels like a development stage developmental stage mm. yeah there's like a whole spectrum of stuff we feel right and i think just like with the example you gave of like learning to appreciate wine and naming what it is in the wine that you perceive and appreciate i think the same goes for emotions where when your vocabulary gets richer when you're able to speak about emotions in a more nuanced way then also your experience of them kind of changes and becomes more rich I also think it's not only words, but also how that emotion feels in your body. Because each of the emotions, it's words are, are are easy because they are connected to our to our minds and kind of are able to be spoken between people. But emotions, so much of relating to self is also not only like a like a mental talking to oneself, but also how do we feel. Um, our body and that's something that I'm really I, I feel like I still have a hard time doing like I know the head thing I know the head thing and all the words you know you gotta do the um self like affirmations everything else I don't necessarily they don't necessarily work uh, for me but it's far more of the like how do I feel at home in my body and how do I feel emotions in my body how do I feel the nuances of of the emotions um, before they kind of reach a threshold of of they influence my behavior rather how can I how can I work with myself earlier on in the in the process beautiful let's go there um the body right in which ways have you developed your relationship with yourself to create more embodiment or to connect with your body for me that has been like mostly ecstatic dance I think and some TRE um, trauma release exercises and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm curious if you have any practices or things you did that greatly improve your relationship with yourself through the body. Uh, one uh, one way has been um, kind of continuous physical exercise and building that that relationship to um my body that I'm capable of doing that for a good chunk of my life as a like as a child and as as uh as uh, going through school I never had a very much a physical uh practice uh of any kind I didn't play a lot of sports um I I danced dancing is a really really big uh part of of my life and then I kind of lost connection to it after high school I returned uh to it now uh, really beautifully through West Coast Swing. So a combination of like technical skill, which is very much a mind aspect and a um, an, an expression through through music. Uh, but it it started out with during the pandemic, I decided I wanted to yoga every day and yoga with with Adrian has her like has her 30 day challenge. And I ended up doing, I think, like four back to back 30 day challenges. And like, I, that's like 120 days of yoga. And I was like, I like, non-stop almost and I was like wow I have never thought that I'm able to build this practice of relationship with my with my body and, and mind and that has only continued uh on with doing kind of uh weight training at at um at home and then now I go kind of regularly to to the gym and kind of evolved over time so these kind of phases of growing in capacity of what my body is capable uh, capable of doing. Part of the relating, kind of having, relating to emotions has also been relating to whatever the expression is that I want through, through my body and it, and like through sound and other things. So 
I have been some context in some context quite muted, but there are times where I just like will yell or like make weird noises and just like allow the like energy and expression to come through or kind of in the minute moments allowing and kind of encouraging. I think maybe I'm not even allowing, but just like encouraging the thing to kind of to get a little weird. Um, and that's been more of a more of a recent uh, practice and and partially thanks to to my partner who's like very encouraging of that uh, as well. So it encourages far, far more of that of that play. And and the the last part is again kind of like a a pampering of the body and of myself. Um, I don't often paint my nails, but I've like started to have the practice of like painting my nails and, and, um, kind of like cutting my own hair and being like, how do I relate to how I express myself, um, through that. And a big expression piece for me is also my clothing. So like, what are the, how do I build a relationship with that kind of expression of self through how I dress? Beautiful. So many more things I think to talk about, but I want to also be mindful of the time and yeah, wrap up this episode. Um, Mary, thank you so much. This was, this was truly wonderful. Um, I look forward to many more conversations with you off and on the microphone. Uh, one closing question, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Is there any question that you would have loved to answer that I didn't ask you? There is not one that comes to mind and a part of me wishes <laughs> I had asked you more questions. Uh, I feel like there could be potential for that uh, and another on mic um, time. But yeah, I, I, yeah, this was a wonderful, wonderful experience and I'm so glad to have been in conversation. Mm, with you. Thank you, Mary. Yes, yes by all means do come back to ask me questions I've, I've done it a couple of times before and i think it's a really nice way to also weave threads between the different episodes and so mm -hmm. you would be very welcome looking forward to it well mary have a wonderful rest of your day um i'm going to wrap up this episode and then head to the gym to do my strength training that is part of my relating to self that's right <laughs> have a wonderful day mary thank you bye-bye if you've enjoyed this conversation please subscribe to the podcast you can also read more of my thoughts on twitter i will post a link in the description and if you are interested in improving your relationship with yourself, please subscribe to my email list at relatingtoself.com. I will then send you meditations, rituals, practices, and more of these beautiful conversations. Thanks.